What's happening? Welcome back to Take It to the House. I'm your host, James South, and it is December. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. Sports, sports, sports. NFL's in full swing. College football bowl season's right around the corner. NBA's getting ready to hit its stride. Hockey's in full swing. Spring training for baseball's right around the corner. If you like soccer, Champions League is going on. Soccer's in full swing in Europe. Cricket. Whatever sport you like, dang it. It's going on right now. And it's in the thick of it. But before we get to all the sports stuff, you know what we got to do. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. All right, so, yeah, we know there's a lot of sports stuff going on, but before we get to all that, I want to talk about some good music. You know, everybody always talks about, oh, man, what happened to music or all that type of crap. So it all started a couple months ago, A Tribe Called Quest for all my hip-hop heads. They came out with a new album. It's been reviewed really well. It came back strong. Uh, Metallica is coming out with a new album for all my hard rock heads. Um, but I want to talk about some funk. F-U-N-K. Not the bad word. Uh, so Childish Gambino. Don't know if you've heard of him. Same as, his real name is Donald Glover. He's been in shows like Community. Uh, he has a new show called Atlanta right now. So he's also an actor. But his rap name is Childish Gambino. Just dropped an album called Awaken My Soul. And he doesn't spit one rap line on the whole thing. It's a pure funk album. I've been listening to it for the past few days now. This album is great. Awesome album. Really, really good music. So whether you like funk or not, I definitely suggest it. Childish Gambino, Awaken, My Soul. Also some other good albums that are out right now. Uh, Bruno Mars' album, really good. Uh, really takes you back to some uh, for our, all the R&B fans, like some good '90s sounding R&B. Uh, and the weekend, his album is out. That's for all the uh, the drug addicts. If you want to hear a lot of lyrics about doing lines and things like that, his album is definitely the one for you. But honestly, no, the weekend he's a good artist, good music. He has a good album out also. So now, all that music stuff is out of the way. Let's get to some sports. That's me doing the ESPN sound, so I don't get sued by ESPN or Disney or anything like that. I do my own sounds, man. I pay myself. Anyway, so let's start out with a hot topic. For all the college football fans, let's talk about the Heisman finalists. Five names. Lamar Jackson from Louisville. Deshaun Watson from Clemson, Didi Westbrook from Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield also from Oklahoma, and Jabril Peppers from Michigan. So, first I'm going to say this. Lamar Jackson deserves this award. I look at this award kind of like how I look at the MVP award. You know, if you take this player off of this team and just replace him with... uh, 
average standard player, will this team be the same? You do that for Lamar Jackson, and Louisville is probably not even a ranked team. He carried this team all season. He's been solid all season. He deserves this award. But where I want to really get into is who on this list should not be on here? And who should be or who should they be replaced with? So I think it's a good conversation, right? And I'd like to hear you guys' feedback also on the Facebook page and Twitter uh, to the house on Facebook, to the house on Twitter. So first, I want to say who should be on this list? I'm trying to take my bias out of it, right? A lot of people have called me an FSU homer, but I really think... This makes sense. Dalvin Cook is arguably the best running back in the country. 1,600 rush yards, 400 receiving yards, 17 total touchdowns at Florida State this year. This guy only got one vote to be on the final Heisman list. Super disrespect right there. You're talking about somebody who has at running back has a total of 2,000 yards overall and not just one way. So he's a threat receiving the ball and running the ball and doesn't even get a mention. Craziness. He got disrespected last year, which I kind of understand. Last year's Heisman list was a little more competitive. Some really good names on there. This year is kind of weak, honestly. So you would think in a weak year that one of the best players in college football would shine. And there's some Florida State people out there that would say there's a bias. They don't want to see Florida State be great. I'm not trying to add fuel to that fire, but hey, Dalvin Cook doesn't even get a mention. I don't know. Something might be behind that. Next name. Dante Foreman, running back from Texas guy rushes for 2,000 yards, and you probably never even heard of him. Now, I don't care what conference he plays in. I don't care what team he plays on. But when somebody runs for 2,000 yards, that's got to mean something. He's got to have some sort of skill. And again, did you hear about him? Was his name mentioned as a finalist? Nah. What is going on this year? Who knows what's going on? It's from the Heisman choosing to the playoff selection. Things have just been going nuts in college football. So not only am I telling you a couple players that should be in there and should be mentioned, also another really good player that wasn't mentioned is kid wide receiver uh, Davis from Western Michigan out there breaking records. You've probably never even heard his name. Anybody that breaks, not even a school record, I'm talking about all-time records, all-time receptions, and leader ever, and you don't even hear about him. Disrespect. Let's talk about players that shouldn't be on this list, though. And first, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that my personal belief is that I don't think two players from the same team should be on a list. So you got Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook on this list, and I think one of them should be off of it. Plain and simple, right? So one or the other, I think Baker Mayfield is a better player. 
He has great numbers, 38 touchdowns, eight interceptions, thrown for a million yards, so on and so forth. Great. I think D.D. Westbrook needs to be off of this list just for this reason. I don't think he would have those same numbers if he played in a different conference. And, yeah, you hear that cliche all the time. Oh, if this if they played the uh, SEC teams every week, he wouldn't be that good, yada, yada, yada. I usually don't feed into that type of stuff, but I do feed into that with this particular player because it's the Big 12, man. They're throwing up basketball scorers every week. There's no defense going on in that conference, point blank, period. I don't think Didi Westbrook would be putting up those type of numbers if he played in any other Power 5 conference. So, he's got to go. Next person, Deshaun Watson. Oh, a lot of people are going to be mad at that, right? Who cares? The guy was on there last year. I think he really deserved to be there last year. This year, he has not been as good as he was last year. And this is kind of going back uh, to the Dalvin Cook thing. Uh, It's a down year. You want to put the best players on the list. And I don't think Deshaun Watson has been one of the five best players in college football. One simple stat right here, why he should not be on this list. 15 interceptions. Gotta go. I know he's responsible for a lot of touchdowns. I know he's thrown for a lot of yards, ran for a lot of yards. Cool. But you play quarterback. You don't want to turn the ball over at quarterback. That's like your main goal. And you have 15 interceptions. You got to go, Broham. See ya. Enough said. Great athlete, but I just think he is a bigger Robert Griffin III. Not really that accurate. The throws that he does make, the wide receivers are wide open. Robert Griffin had a great wide receiver uh, when he was at Baylor. And Deshaun Watson has had Mike Williams this year, who's one of the best receivers in the country. I think we'll really see what he's made of when he goes to the combine. And of course he's going to get drafted and we'll see what he does in the NFL. And I don't think it's going to be that great. Next person. A lot of people are going to be mad at this. Mike Golick up there. Mike and Mike radio show. He's going to be mad at this. Big 10 fans are going to be mad at this, but Jabril Peppers got to go. Arguably one of the most overrated football players in college this year. Now, people here overrated and they go nuts, right? I'm not saying he's not good. He's a really good football player. But I think because he plays in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, he gets a little more hype than he deserves. So his listed position is linebacker, right? And he's kind of one of those hybrid linebackers where he plays a little bit of corner, like in the secondary, and he's a linebacker. My big thing with him is at any position that he plays at, he is not a top five player in the country. Think about it. At linebacker, first of all, he's undersized as a linebacker, but is he a top five player there? No. In the secondary, at corner or safety, is he a top five player there? No. He's played a little running back slash wide receiver on offense. Is he a top five player there? No. So, does he need to be on there, on the list? I mean, 
yeah, I guess if your opinion is, oh, I just want to put a big name on there and get some get some people to watch the Heisman ceremony, yeah, sure, throw him on there. He's a big name. Numbers-wise, absolutely not. Key stat right here. If he's listed as a defensive player and he's listed as a linebacker, check the stats. One game this year, he's only had one game where he's had double-digit tackles. One game. Also, he only has one interception on the year. These numbers do not stand out at all. So, again, I think he's a little overhyped because he plays in all phases of the game. Is he a really good player? Is he a solid player? Would I take him on my team if I was a coach or a general manager of some sort? Of course, because I'm sure you can find a, a way to put him in places where he can be successful. Is he a Heisman finalist, in my opinion? Nah, bruh. And we'll really see how good he is in the Orange Bowl. That's a little foreshadowing there because we're going to talk about these bowl games in a little bit. But they play, Michigan plays Florida State in the Orange Bowl, and he's going to get tested. Florida State has a really good offense, really good players on offense, and I don't know if he's a liability, but he's going to need to prove himself. So, segue that into college football playoffs. Now, a lot of people, a lot of American, good American people, are mad at this playoff selection. Myself, my opinion, I'm cool with it. A lot of people are mad with that fourth spot, though. Should Washington be in or out? Does Penn State deserve it because they won their conference? Did Michigan get snubbed? Do you want to put the four best teams on the field? Because Michigan should be one of the four best teams. Look, selecting four teams is tough in its own right. I definitely think that the playoff should be at least six teams, maybe eight. But as it is right now, I respect the process. I cannot say that Penn State or Michigan should be in there over Washington. Purely off of, they say conference championship matters, and they say wins and losses matter. I think a lot of people are reacting like Washington is this terrible team uh, because of the schedule they played or... Things like that. Look, you watch Washington play if you stay up and watch them. They're a solid team. They got good athletes on the field. They dominate games. They have one random loss. A lot of teams, every team in college football, besides two, Alabama and Western Michigan, has at least one loss. So you can't really, I don't really hold that against them. Because a lot of teams have lost to bad teams. Clemson lost to Pittsburgh. So I take that away and just look at the teams. I think Washington should be in there, right? So here's your final four. Alabama versus Washington. And you got Ohio State versus Clemson. So really good games. A lot of people, uh, a lot of your ESPN pundits are calling upsets for Washington. I think a lot of people try to call upset just so they can say they called it and not because of any factual evidence behind that. They just want to be the first person to say it. And then if their their prediction is wrong, they say, oh, well, you know, Alabama's a better team anyway. Look, 
Let's be serious here. Alabama is the best team in all of college football, stacked with NFL-ready players. Will it possibly will it be a good game? I think so. You have almost a full month to get ready for one team, to study, 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 watch tape. It's just like the NFL. It's going to be close. Everybody on the field, of course, wants to win the game. They're going to play their hearts out. But it's Alabama. Watch them boys play. Man, they are good. The better game is going to be Ohio State versus Clemson. Like, I don't want to make any predictions yet. It's too early. I'm not throwing my thoughts out there yet. But I do have an idea of what I think is going to happen in both of these games. Both of them are going to be really good games, though. Overall, I'm not mad at the selections at all. I think it's going to be solid. My thing that I'm upset with is I just think there should be more teams. But you got other really good games going on in bowl season for college football. I spoke about Florida State versus Michigan. That's going to be a really good game. It's at uh, the Orange Bowl. So that's here in Florida. Florida State is going to have a lot of fans there. But look, Michigan has a lot of alumni and they travel well also. So don't expect the home atmosphere there for Florida State. But explosive offense in Florida State. It's stout defense in Michigan. That's going to be a really good game. Other notable games. You got Oklahoma State versus Colorado. Big 12 versus Pac-12. An opportunity for the Big 12 to show that they belong. That people should stop sleeping on them. Offense, uh, really good for Oklahoma State. Colorado is a really good story. Coming back into the prominence where they were back in the 90s. Uh, You got Louisville versus LSU. That's going to be a good game. Your classic offense versus defense. Lamar Jackson. It's either going to be a really good day for him or a really long day for him. LSU always has always has a stout defense, but Lamar Jackson is something that a lot of teams just do not have, and you cannot prepare for that. So, again, really good or really ugly for that Louisville offense that day. I'm calling this next one right now, though. It's the only game I'll give you. Florida versus Iowa. And I'm calling upset. Iowa over Florida. Florida, I think they're a little too big for their britches right now. Iowa is sneaky good every year, man. Iowa comes to play every year. And nobody ever talks about them unless they're an Iowa fan. But look, Iowa, it's an Outback Bowl. I feel like if you're an Iowa fan or Iowa alumni, you might as well get a timeshare in Tampa because you're in the Outback Bowl every year. So I was going to show up. Florida is not as good as their ranking 17. I don't even think they should be ranked. They got throttled last week versus Alabama. They got throttled the week before that versus Florida State. I was going to beat Florida, calling it right now. Next game is sneakily probably going to be the best game of the whole bowl season. USC versus Penn State. And I call this the statement game. These are two teams that feel like they need more respect. USC has arguably been the best college football team the past month. They've been playing great. Penn State feels like they got snubbed in the playoff. Both of these teams want to show the country that they deserve to be talked about and recognized. They're going to come out 
and ball. And it's going to be a really good game. Last game I want to talk about, Auburn versus Oklahoma. I spoke a little bit about it before. SEC defense versus a Big 12 offense. Question, can Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook live up to their numbers? This is the test right here. Prove it. I think Baker Mayfield, look, I, th- I like the kid. A lot of people think he's a jerk, but I like that swagger. I like the heart. They better come with it because Auburn, they don't always have you know the best offense in the world put up the points, but that defense is always stout. So if Oklahoma doesn't come with it, it could be a really rugged, dirty game for them, and it cannot look pretty. So really good games going on, college football bowl season. You should be excited for it. Those are just a few of them. There's some other games going on. Uh, But look, those New Year's Six games are going to be really, really good. So while we're on the topic of football, we got to talk about NFL, right? Because the NFL has been really good this year. A lot of classic teams from the 70s and 80s and 90s that haven't been good for a while are good again. Fan bases are coming out, supporting all these teams, particularly the Cowboys, the Raiders, so on and so forth, right? So I want to talk about these NFL power rankings that came out on ESPN. So Cowboys are number one. Great. They should be. They have the best record in the league. Can't argue with that. A lot of uh, people talk crap every week because they hate Cowboy fans or the Cowboys didn't look good this week. But look, at the end of the day, they're not losing. You got the best record. You deserve to be number one. So I will tell you, though, I don't know who the Cowboys are going to play in the first round, but I'm calling upset right now. I don't... uh, I'm calling upset. I don't care who they play. I'm calling upset the Cowboys first round, even if they're, um, they'll be playing at home, of course, Jerry World. They're, I think they're a little too young to be ready for that. So, on to other things, though, I want to talk about the Packers because I want to talk about the craziest thing in power rankings history. I already don't like power rankings that much anyway because I feel like it's a whole bunch of guys that come together and they just pick their favorite teams or pick big names and all that crap. But how do the Packers jump 12 spots from number 24 to number 12 after one week? You jump 12 spots from the bottom half to the top half. And you didn't even beat a team that was over 500. You beat the Houston Texans in the snow. So you beat a team that's from the south that plays in a dome in the snow in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And you only beat them by eight. So you didn't blow them out. You didn't shut them down. My question is, how do you jump 12 spots from by not looking that good in a win? Who came back? Is Brett Favre coming back? Is Reggie White coming back? I do not get that. The Packers, look, they're probably one of the biggest disappointments this year. But... They do not deserve to be in the top half yet. So, let's talk about the biggest drops. The Texans and the Chargers dropped six spots apiece. 
So when it comes to the Texans, I think they finally hit reality. They've been a team that's overachieved all year after losing their best player, J.J. Watt, early on in the year. First thing, though, that defense has carried them all the way up until right now, even without J.J. Watt. The Texans are always going to show up on defense. They play great defense week in and week out. The big thing with them is they need to start regretting that contract if they haven't already the contract that they gave to Brock Osweiler. $72 million to a quarterback that won't throw the ball more than eight yards down the field. I don't know if you've seen what I posted on our website, tothehouse.wixsite.com slash podcast about that Raiders and Texans game. But it's horrendous. Quarterbacks, in my opinion, got to take shots down the field, man, or you're not going to get respected. This guy, you watch him play, Brock Osweiler, and he looks scared. Look, I can't pay you $72 million to be scared, bro. You better throw that thing around. And the person, I'll say the people first, The first person that I feel bad for on the Texans is DeAndre Hopkins. Arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. Great hands, great route runner. And he is having a bad year and it's not his fault. It is his quarterback's fault. It is Bill O'Brien's fault for calling these crazy plays. You have one of the best players in the NFL on your team, and you cannot feature him. That is not his fault. This guy was getting ready to hold out in training camp because he wanted a new contract, which I believe he deserves. Changed his mind because I guess he didn't want to be that kind of guy to hold out. Came back to training camp, worked hard, came into this year, and this happens. And now you know what's going to happen? They're not going to pro- they're probably not going to pay him what he deserves because of this year. Second person I feel bad for. Lamar Miller. Really good pickup by the Texans, really. Fifth in rushing in the NFL. And really he's doing it all by himself because that offensive line is not making holes for him to hit. He's getting hit in the backfield, dodging tackles, And carrying that offense down the field. Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, I feel bad for you. DeAndre Hopkins probably will not be there next year. I wouldn't be because I feel like he's been disrespected twice. One, he didn't get paid. Two, he put in a quarterback behind center that won't throw me the ball 10 yards down the field. Terrible. But anyway, I'm done with my Texans rant. My wife likes the Texans, so I watch them pretty much every week. Done with that. The Chargers, the reason why they dropped six spots, look, that's where they need to be right now because they're beat up. Everybody's hurt. You got Phillip Rivers on there, old man Rivers throwing the ball, and I feel bad for him because I think his the time has passed for him to get a Super Bowl. And I think that's pretty obvious. You got, he's in a division that's getting younger and getting better. And 
he's getting older and they are rebuilding, putting new pieces around him. Wide receivers are hurt. He's throwing to wide receivers that are undrafted free agents. No disrespect to them, but there's nobody. Melvin Gordon, though, is having a great year this year. Really good pickup last year for them. He has been balling out of control. But the Chargers are where they need to be. They're beat up. They're hurt. And they should be ranked where they are, which I believe is 21st. Two teams, though. Two teams I will tell you to watch out for. And this might be my bias kicking in again. But the Buccaneers and the Raiders. Two young teams, two hungry teams that look like they've hit their stride. Of course, you already know about the Raiders, hopefully, because they've been playing great all year. Young, young, young. Defense is coming around a little bit. They need a little work, but they got pass rushers. They make plays when they need to make plays. The offense, Derek Carr, has been playing great all year. And I hope Cleveland Browns fans are listening. Actually, I hope you're not listening because this might give you another reason to be mad at life. But you had a chance to get Derek Carr. He was there for you, and you got Johnny Manziel. Hashtag Nuff said. Buccaneers coming around. My Buccaneers, they've won four in a row, right? Three of those games were pretty tough. You go to Kansas City, get a win in Kansas City, loudest stadium in, in the league, in the country. You come home, get a good solid win against the Seahawks, and you put the clamps on their offense. They only score five points. Then you go back out west and beat Phillip Rivers and the Chargers in San Diego in consecutive weeks. Tampa Bay, watch out for them. They're still young, though. They still, I think they're, they're missing. They still got to prove it a little bit more to a lot of people. But look, they found something that's good. Jameis Winston's a great leader. Good quarterback. Defense is coming around. They've invested a lot into, into their defense. And now people are getting healthy. Tampa Bay's making some noise. They uh, now are 7-5, and five and they're leading their division. Watch out for those two teams, Raiders and Bucks, because they're going to be around not only for this year, but for the next few years to come. They're going to be making some noise. Okay, okay, so where are my NBA fans at? I know you're out there. Look, NBA basketball has been really good so far. Had a good start to the season. We're not... Really, I don't believe we're really in that uh, that stride yet where we can really start figuring out what teams are all about. I think that happens around Christmas into January, but we have had a good start. I do want to mention one player that a lot of people aren't talking about. A lot of your analysts, a lot of your pundits. Listen to me. Say this name with me. Giannis. And Tentacumpo. Say it again. Giannis and Tentacumpo. I don't know why I'm putting like a Spanish accent on it. But look. He plays for Milwaukee. So that's probably why you haven't seen him. If you're looking for him. Look up there in the great north. He's in Milwaukee. My opinion. He's kind of like a poor man's LeBron James. Right? 
Now, slow down. I'm not saying he's LeBron James. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as LeBron James. I'm saying he's a poor man's LeBron James. Similar game, just not as good in all areas, right? So first, no jump shot at all, just like LeBron James. But great court vision. You run the offense through him. He's not a guard. He's a wing. You run the offense through him. Decent handle. Finds the open man. Plays good on-ball defense and good help side, weak side defense. Because he's always looking for that weak side block. Numbers for the Greek freak, as we call him. I'm glad we call him the Greek freak because that name is tough. You guys know it because you guys just couldn't say it. So, his averaging 22 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks a game. He is filling the stat sheet all over the place. If you are a fan of the game, if you're a fan of the Bucks, a coach... Anything like that, that has to excite you. You have a player that's all over the place, defensively and offensively, helping his team win. Say it with me again. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Actually, I want you to Google right now while you're listening and look at his name on the back of his jersey. His name is so long. It looks like the beginning of it starts at the bottom of his left shoulder blade and it wraps around to the bottom of his right shoulder blade. Like a half circle. Like a crescent moon. That guy's name is so long. Good thing he has a nickname. I just call him the Greek Freak. But look out for him. Because he is the future of the NBA. And of course, we all know. We all expected it. The Warriors are going to be the Warriors, right? They're going to be good. They went out in the offseason. Got one of the best players in the world. To add to their roster that already has one of the best players in the world. So, look, you're getting what you expected. The Warriors are great. They're playing really well. I said before that it would take them a while to gel, you know, share the basketball, find out all that type of stuff, yada, 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 insert cliche. But, look, they came around faster than I thought. They're playing really good basketball right now. Klay Thompson dropped 60 points last night. Klay Thompson, who is one of the most underrated players in the NBA right now. A guy that plays both ways, offense and defense. Anyway, I won't dive into that uh, subject right now. But look, if you're a coach in the NBA, if you are a GM, an NBA, or a player, and you see Golden State, do you, do you ask yourself this question? How do we guard them? How do we guard a team that has three players that can drop 60 points on any given night? And I really want to hear your feedback. You, as the listener. What team in the NBA do you think on a good day, you take Golden State at their best, you take whatever team you're thinking at their best, let me know what team can hang with Golden State. Because I look at Golden State at their best right now, and I don't think there's any team in the NBA that can go more than five games with them in the playoffs. Period. Kevin Durant, 
Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, and all of the players on there, on their team. They've done a great job so far, it looks like, of figuring out how to play as a team. And if you've played sports before, I think you really understand that the team effort and team chemistry is so important, especially in basketball, where a lot of people call it like poetry in motion. It's so key to play with chemistry and, in, and have a cohesiveness on a basketball court. And they've done it so fast where people were asking before, who's going to get the ball in clutch situations or who are they going to run the offense through? They're not having an issue with that at all. Their record right now is 18-3. and 18-3. and three. And they're playing just as good as everybody expected them to play. But question is for you. Here we go. Question of the day. Who has the second best record in the league? I'll give you a second to think about it. Don't know yet? I'll give you a hint. It's the same team every year that nobody talks about that pops up and has been good for probably the past 15 years now that nobody talks about still. Still don't know, huh? San Antonio Spurs. And they deserve respect also and props because... They have made a seamless transition from their big three, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Tim Duncan, and handing the reins to two young guns and LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard without skipping a beat. Every year, nobody talks about the Spurs early, and I'm telling you early right now. San Antonio is a team to be reckoned with. And I might have given you a hint to who might be able to stop the Warriors. That hint, that advice is free. Listen, watch out for San Antonio. And please tell me who can beat Golden State at their best. Let me know on the Facebook page, To The House. And let me know on Twitter if you're following us on Twitter, at To The House. Because... I don't think the Globetrotters can hang with Golden State. Oh, no. Is it true? Is that the end of the show? Man. I felt like I was just getting started. Guess I have to leave more topics for next time. So, before I go, I want to leave you with this. Do, do what you love. And don't waste time on anything else. Till next time, it's James House. Thank you for listening to the Take It to the House podcast. Remember, follow us on Twitter at Take It to the House. Hit us up on Facebook at To the House, the number two. And check out the website, www.tothehouse.wixsite.com slash podcast on the website. You'll find blog posts, updates, things like that. Uh, Love to hear from you. Peace out.